Hi everyone and welcome all people's family wherever you are right now. Some of you actually listening from different countries around the world. I don't know where you're sitting right now. I don't know who you're with, but this is what I want to tell you is that you're not alone. We are standing with you right now and like never before carrying you in our hearts. I've never experienced a time like this where 156 nations are affected by the coronavirus. I, I just want to say I, I know that some of you are experiencing fear, uh, wondering will you contract this virus, wondering uh, will you have what you need to make it through this time. I, I know that some are experiencing pain. We've been getting phone calls that different ones have lost their jobs and, and our hearts are with you. We're, we're so sorry we're standing with you in this time and I know that others have concerns. You have concerns about family members that uh, might even be sick at this time or, or you're concerned about your loved ones that you're apart from or maybe it's elderly ones that already have conditions. Uh, what I want to tell you is that we are believing for you to feel the hand of God on your heart that he is surrounding you, that he is caring for you and that we're in this together. Today, I, I, I really believe that God has given me a word. When, when we started seeing things uh, get more and more narrow, you know, first we were given a word uh, last weekend that there would be no more gatherings of groups of 250, and then we heard that there would be no gatherings over 50, and then 10, and then uh, this, this past end of the week, we received word that it was time in California, at least, to stay at home. and. And, and as these things kept unfolding, I was asking God, God, what are you doing in the midst of this time? And, and so clearly, I sensed the Lord highlighting 2 Kings chapter 6, uh, an amazing passage, an amazing story in Scripture. And today I'm asking that God would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation to open our eyes to see it afresh today as he's speaking right to us. And so... Uh, I want to open that up, and, and it's really three different parts as we look at this chapter. And the, the third part is the thing that we're going to focus most in, but I want to read the majority of the chapter to us so that we can have a context for what's going on. So it, it starts here in chapter 6. It says, The company of the prophets said to Elisha, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole and let us build a place there for us to meet. And he said, go. Then one of them said, won't you please come with your servants? And he said, I will. Elisha replied, and he went with them. They went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. So first, let me just acknowledge, where have we been in the body of Christ? We've been in a time of growth. We've been in a time of God moving. This is the people of God, and, and things are expanding. Elisha is a, a prophet of the Lord. There are more and more people joining him. He's saying, where are we have been is too small and, and for all peoples this reminds me uh, a lot of the light project where we've we've grown as a church and we're doing numerous services and, and it's at a time of advancing where we're saying okay it's time to build a, a greater place to all come together but it's not just for us in San Diego around the world our, our works are growing the work in South Africa has been growing and reaching more and more people our church in Mexico is growing and reaching more people and even about to plant 
a church. We've launched out into the, into Europe and Moldova. We've launched into the Middle East. We've launched into Indonesia, and they're about to start gathering. There, God is moving us and, and growing us, and and also the body of Christ worldwide. It's it's a time of growth. I, we're seeing moves of the Spirit in different churches. My different friends of these large churches in Southern California are talking about just fresh moves of the Spirit. They're coming into new things. And I've also mentioned right now, it's an amazing time in the body of Christ for the first time in this Finishing the Task Conference, this group that's coming together and talking about the advancement of the gospel and unreached people groups. We've identified every people group, and in fact, every single one of them has been adopted by someone. So this is an amazing time of growth. But but here's the next thing we see. It says, now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such place. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware of the passing, passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that what he was on his guard in such places, this enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded, tell me, which of you or which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Go and find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came, he's in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots, a strong force there. They went by night and they surrounded the city. So we have to remember, as the people of God, we're in a situation like this. The, the people of God have a real enemy. For them, it was the king of Aram. And he was sending an army to surround them and destroy them. Um, I looked up the word Aram. What does it mean? It means high and elevated. Can I just tell you that the church of God is opposed by high and elevated spiritual forces and principalities? Uh, what have we seen? We, we've seen the, the spirits uh, of a fear. We've seen spirits of sensuality invading, permeating our land. We've seen a spirit of violence. We've seen a, a spirit of, of greed and people are just wanting more and more. We're seeing a spirit of worldliness. And so these, these things are coming and, and in the same way, God is raising up prophetic voices to speak to the church. I just think of our little context. I, I think about God bringing Francis Chan into World Mandate West and, and him talking about him, him basically saying like a prophetic voice, guys, why would I live for the world when, when people are coming to Christ like crazy? Let's go and let's run into the harvest. I think about Joe Yuen, who's a prophetic voice. And he was telling us, hey, in this next season, things are going to happen so fast, your heads are going to swim. And boy, is that happening. I mean, our heads are swimming by what's going on in the world right now. I think about Kendall and him coming at the beginning of the year saying, this is a year that we have to be anchored in the prevailing word. And boy, is, is that the case. But now I, I see it like this. Um, whenever the enemy is concerned about what's going on, he will do an all-out attack and he'll surround the people of God and, 
And interestingly, you know, I think we're all living, feeling surrounded. This coronavirus, it, it has us now like sequestered off to our own homes and, and it feels like I'm surrounded. Gosh, I immediately think about the song we've all been singing, which has been so popular in this past year, year and a half. Uh, it might look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. We're, gonna, we're actually gonna see that unfold in this story. So the, the, the danger for us is to do what the servant of Elisha said. So, so watch this, it says, when the servant of the man of God got up and he went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked, the second Kings chapter six, 15. Yeah, I think many people have this response right now. They're like, oh no, what do we do? We're, we're surrounded. There's this, this deadly virus that's, that's coming. And, and, and there is this, um, this looking with natural eyes and going, we're absolutely surrounded right now. Watch what Elisha says. This is what I believe is the word of God to us as a church, to us as a nation, to the nations of the world. Elisha the prophet says this, don't be afraid. The prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes. Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I mean, this is one of the coolest stories in the Bible, but I believe these three things that, that Elisha said, it's the word of the Lord for us in this season. First of all, don't be afraid. You know, as I, I watched the news earlier this week in Northern California and I heard that they were sheltering in place, I immediately started thinking, okay, how, how do people, I, I've read different biographies, I've watched different documentaries of people who have gone into captivity and how some come out of it stronger while some are absolutely decimated and waylaid by a captivity situation. And the, the first thing that came to my mind was, and I've read this in so many different books, it's the people that have faith. It's the people that can have a, a prevailing hope and, and even an optimism in times like this. Uh, let me talk about that. I believe God is calling us to be a people of faith versus fear. Now, I don't mean in some oblivious way that we we just act like nothing's happening. No, something is happening. And all fear is not bad. All fear is not, all fear is not bad. Like it's, it's, it's right to, to have a fear when you're walking around and you see a snake and your heart jumps and you jump back. I mean, that's a healthy fear. But what I'm talking about is the enemy wants to cripple us through fear. The enemy traffics in fear. And then he wants us to make decisions not based on faith. He, uh, fear decisions are, are ones where, uh, where, where we don't look to the Lord and we just make irrational or, or quick 
quick things that uh, just to, 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 to protect ourselves or to run away from things. And, and we miss the very things that, that God is doing in a moment. Um, the Bible says God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Um, I, I want to tell you, if you're experiencing fear in this time, that's okay. And that's normal. But I want to tell you, choose faith. Choose faith. The scripture actually says don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, we submit our request to God. And then the peace of God that transcends all human understanding, it's going to guard our heart and mind. I was actually just doing a little research on fear this, this week in the scripture. And it's amazing that, that over 365 times there is an admonition, fear not or don't be afraid. Let me just give you a few of them. I think this will encourage you. Some of you need to latch on to these today if, if you're dealing with fear. Isaiah 35, 4, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. Uh, John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Joshua 1.9. I mean, the book of Joshua, you're going to see over and over and over again, God telling Joshua not to be fearful. Why? I believe actually it's because Joshua was fearful. I think Joshua was just like us. And so God kept telling him, hey, you're, the, you're leading my chosen people. Fear not. Don't be afraid. He says this, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The reason we don't have to be fearful is that he's with us. Matthew 6, 34, therefore don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Isaiah 43, 1, do not fear, for I've redeemed you. I've summoned you by name. If you're dealing with fear right now, I want to tell you one of the greatest ways that you can combat it is taking one of these scriptures and memorizing it. I, I've had so many fearful situations in my life and I have found that the best thing to do is to take a scripture, write it down, put it on a note card and throughout the day, not just look at it, memorize it and speak it. It becomes a part of you. So we saw, we saw that Elisha said to the servant, do not be afraid. Then I love the second thing he said to him. Those who are with us are more. Can I just tell you who's with you today? It's Jesus. Who is with you today is God. And he is more. He is more than a coronavirus. He is more than a lack. He is more than a loss. He is more. The reason you don't have to be afraid is that God is with us. And, and here's, here's what I really want to highlight today. Uh, as I talk to, to people in the body of Christ, as I talk to different leaders, it's, it's amazing how everyone has this general consensus that God is actually moving. He, he's actually doing something in this time. Like God, we don't have to be afraid. God is actually with us and he's actually redeeming things. So let me just give you some, some thoughts of, of what I'm seeing happen, which is absolutely amazing. Like, first of all, when the, the leaders of, of our city uh, came on a, a news report, one of the first things they said was, so we are shutting down adult entertainment, uh, uh, different institutions. Um, we're shutting down any place that only serves alcohol and no food. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, uh, 
God is actually working. I mean, I, I have driven by strip joints and I have driven by adult bookstores and just prayed, God, won't you shut the doors of that thing? Can I just tell you right now, they are shut for an indefinite amount of time. I mean, that is absolutely amazing. And all kinds of, of, of institutions that are just feeding people's vices, they're shut down right now. That's amazing. Um, I, I think about how much we've been talking about how our nation is divided. And what I've been watching, uh, whether it's on a, a local front or whether it's on a national front, in so many ways, people are coming together across party lines. I, I'm seeing people where, where we felt so divided uh, with racism. I'm seeing people of different ethnicities. They're coming together. I mean, when there is a greater enemy, people rally together and, and fight as one. And we need to see that that actually, um, in many ways, not everyone, but so many people are going, hey, it's time to come together. Uh, here, here's another thing that I, I'm seeing that I, I just think is, we, we can't underestimate. I've been hearing people bemoaning the fact that's, that our life moves at such a fast pace, that we don't have time, that we're, we're so, um, we're so overstimulated that we are moving from one thing to another. And it's like we've been given a selah, uh, a stop, a breathe. We've been given a gift of time. Um, and I, I want to talk about that more in a moment, but um, there is time for those who see that God is with us and we can redeem this time to go through this and be closer with him. More, more on that in a moment. Um, another thing I'm seeing is just materialism is on the decline. People aren't talking about the, the newest car they have to go get, the, the coolest clothes, the, 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 all the different possessions. I mean, people are focusing on basic, the, just having the basics. And um, there, there's just so many things that are going on. And, and, and one of the things that's encouraging the most is God is stirring his church and acts to is happening. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing about needs being met. I was talking to a couple yesterday that's taking in a family that just lost their job. And I'm hearing about all different ways that people were provided. One life group I heard about where one couple showed up and, and said, you know, I, we realize it's going to be harder for different ones. And they gave out money uh, to, to different families to make it. I mean, this is an amazing time where, where God is with us and he can do more good than the bad that is surrounding us. But you know, I look at this last phrase, so it was, don't be afraid. Uh, there's more with us than against us, but the last one is Elisha says, open his eyes, Lord. And church, I believe it's a time that our eyes need to be open. Our, our eyes need to be open for kingdom opportunity. Our eyes need to be open for what we can do. Uh, because here's the other thing. Uh, when people are in captivity, the other way they make it, one is by having that faith, that hope, that optimism. And those are the ones who, who actually make it and thrive in times like this. But the, the other is making the most of the time you have or controlling what you can control. There's a lot of things that are out of our control, but what can you control? What can you take advantage of? And so let me just give you several ways that I think we can move forward as the body of Christ and come out of this so much healthier. Uh, number one, 
time with Jesus. So many times people say, you know, I just don't have the time. I've got to get up. I've got to get out the door. I've got to get the kids to school. I've got to get to work so early. Can I just tell you, there's not a person that doesn't have time to spend with Jesus. Uh, get up. Get in the Bible. The Bible is going to strengthen you. Uh, get some time alone to, to worship and pray. I, I just want to tell you, man, I was walking. And the great thing is we can still take walks. So I went out on a walk this morning and I just was like, who cares what people think? I just, I had my headphones on and I was just singing and I just felt the presence of, of God come and, 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 and take your beloved ones uh, before the Lord in prayer. So getting good time with Jesus. I want to say, if you haven't gotten on a Bible plan, we've been on the Bible in a year app, but if, if just now for the next three weeks, I don't know how long this is going to last, but uh, the book of John is 21 chapters and you do something for 21 days in a row, it's going to create a habit in your life. So I encourage you just get one chapter a day, read it. John was Jesus's best friend. That's what we want to be. Um, Here's the second thing. Oh, let me say before I move on to that, get on our website. Our website will be giving constant updates under the resources page. We have uh, a little resource called FaceTime. Get that FaceTime packet and it will help give you a practical of how to spend daily time with God. Secondly, um, household devotionals, family devotionals, or if you're uh, uh, living, you know, whatever scenario you're living with, you're living uh, as a single with a, a group of other people, I would encourage you to come together daily. And I'm not talking about for an hour, an hour and a half, I'm talking about for 10 minutes. So what we're doing as a family is we're sitting at our, at our table and we're having breakfast together and we'll just open up a scripture, read, you know, three to four scriptures, talk about what that means to us and then just pray. And so that's what we were doing. We're, and we're, we're, we pray for our needs, but then we also pray for the needs of those around us. Let me just tell you, um, the families that do that are the families that have the most closeness, the, the most familial intimacy. And, and I want to encourage you, this is a great time. And we'll be giving more equipping on that as the days progress. Here's the third thing right along with that is invest in family time. Um, you know, most people in this fast paced culture, they, they just feel like, man, we're pulled in so many different directions. Guys, this is a gift. This, this can be seen as a gift. Sit down at that dining room table. Your food doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be fancy, but take the time, uh, especially as we're cloistered off from other people. This is a great time to just ask a table question. Uh, to, to, to tell stories. Parents, let's make the, the most of this time. If you're, if you're not with a family, I want to tell you, uh, get together with some, some people that you do live with. And if you're by yourself, I want to encourage you. This would be a great time to just get on FaceTime and have a meal with someone else. But let's invest in our families at this time. As a parent, I'm thinking about just different things that we can do during the day to build uh, family, family intimacy, working out in the yard together, working out together, playing games, uh, board games at night. Just this is a great time to come out with stronger families. Fourthly, invest in community. Um, one of the worst things that could happen through this is if we isolate ourselves. 
if we, uh, if we are alone. And so let me just tell you what you're going to see. Uh, and Pastor Kendall's already talked about it. We, we encourage everyone to join a group just to, to get on uh, line and just to see someone's face and ask them how you can pray for them and carry them in your hearts. So I, I want to tell you in times like this, uh, the, the gift of friendship, the gift of, of, of Christian community, it's one of the bl- greatest blessings we have. So make sure and jump in with us. Uh, we'll continue to have online sermons. We'll continue to have prayer times. But, but join a group if you're not in one. And, and be faithful to your group if you are a, a part of one. You might be the, the, the warmth and the smile that someone needs to help get them through this time. Uh, on that, let's be good neighbors. Um, let, me, let me just tell you, why are we... Um, going off and cloistering to our, our homes. You know, one of the things we can do as a neighbor is to protect people. And I actually am thankful that our government is telling us to, to go and, and spend time uh, in our homes and not just go out because being a good neighbor is protecting the most vulnerable. And by us trying to stop this spread, I, I actually think, wow, that's incredibly wise so we don't go on that, that same trajectory that China did or Italy did. So I, I do want to affirm and just encourage you as a pastor, it really is the best for everyone's health to, to not make light of this and to just keep on going life and going hanging out at this person's house and, and that person's house. Uh, right now, we, we've been asked, and I think it's right to obey uh, our authorities. But I, I also want to tell you, uh, check on your neighbors. If you have their phone number, call them, right? If you can, FaceTime them. Uh, check on the, especially the elderly or the single uh, single mothers that might have a more hard time, uh, we can still go out and get necessities. And so this is a great time to try to ba- ma- meet basic needs. That's what we were talking about as a family. Of a, uh, for us, we were talking about one family that's in a harder time and how can we help them and then pull, pull your household into that. Um, next, number six, commit to intercession. I, I, I think this is the greatest way that we can rise up as an army of God in this time. I mean, we were so encouraged as we've been doing noon prayer times. We're going to try to continue to do that in whatever format or fashion we can online. But I've been thinking about this scripture out of 2 Chronicles 7.14. It says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin, and I'll heal their land. And now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Now, if you looked at the passage before this in 2 Chronicles 7, it talks about, well, when the locusts come and devour or there's a plague that happens, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, this is a time where 2 Chronicles 7.14 is happening. There is a plague in our land and our response should be humility, repentance, but prayer. And it's impossible to pray and things not to happen. So continue to join us in prayer. And I want to encourage you, one of the greatest gifts you can give to our city, to our state, to our nation, and the world is you become an intercessor in this time. Lastly, here's my last piece of advice for us. Let's be generous. Let's be a generous people. Let's not just hoard. Let's not just look to ourselves. I can't, I can't stress this enough that um, when we tithe, 
when we give and when we look to the needs of the poor, Scripture promises us that God's step towards us is shielding us and protecting us. And so I want to encourage you uh, to continue to be faithful to tithe, to, to continue to support the spiritual family that you're in. There's a promise of God's blessing and even his protection. I want to encourage you, uh, look to ways that you, you've seen this benevolence fund. Look towards that and, and keep your eyes open and your ears open to people in need. And let's be the ones that run to meet those kind of needs. I'm hearing wonderful testimonies of that. It's just encouraging my heart. But let's continue to, to do that. Let's be the church in this hour. And I believe that we will impact people greatly. So, you know, I think there's a danger if we don't do this. If we don't have our eyes opened, I, I think, let me just warn you of, of, of several things before I close. Um, I'm concerned about sickness and, and the weakening of health. Um, you know, if, if we don't have our eyes open and, and we just took this time and, and we didn't do healthy things like, like exercise and, and eating well and, and taking some of these precautions that our government's asking us to do. But I believe that we can actually come out of this time stronger and healthier if we really see our temples as our bodies as the temple of the Lord. Um, another thing I think could really come and destroy the church if our eyes aren't open, is lust and, and sexual sin. You know, there's a great danger of being connected more in this time because there are perils and there are vices that can come and destroy us. So I want to tell you and implore you, be accountable in this time. Put the filters on your internet. Um, you know, for you that have struggled, make sure you're, you're don't go and cloister off in your room by yourself. Maybe make some rules for yourself that I'm only going to be online in front uh, of people where they could see and keep me checked. Let's come out stronger, not more enslaved to sin. I, I think an, another uh, concern we could have if our eyes aren't open is that we'd just be apathetic, that we'd just binge on Netflix and we'd just sit around and we'd come out with our senses dulled and, and, and we wouldn't have grown. And instead, uh, we'll have been like, I remember this movie Wally, where everyone just got, got more and more uh, uh, obese as they just like, didn't even do any exercise and they just looked at their little device. That's a danger for us. Let's not have the Wally thing happen to us, people. Let's, let's take time uh, as we have time to, to, to be proactive and to advance. This is a great time to think. Is there a hobby that you wanted to take up? Is there a book you wanted to read? Is there a skill you wanted to get more proficient in? Are there people that you can contact? And, and lastly on that isolation, um, that that could be a great danger. Don't isolate yourself. Step into community. Fight against that. If you, if you feel yourself getting isolated, uh, reach out to someone immediately. We, we, the, the danger of isolation is that it brings depression. It, it brings despair. It brings on uh, mental issues. That The enemy comes and, and attacks us. So run into community. People of God, I, I really think that God is giving us a reset button to focus on the things that matter most. And I actually believe that we can come out of the season upgraded, that we can come out stronger as individuals, stronger as families, and actually as a stronger church. So I want to finish our time 
by praying for that. Father, I, I want to believe that you are giving us an opportunity. Lord, you're surrounding us. Lord, you're protecting us. And Lord, I'm asking that you give strength for every person to go through this and to not be afraid. But Lord, that we'd see that you are around us and that we would have our eyes opened to the opportunity. Amen. Now, for some of you today, you might be watching this and saying, you know, that this is all sounds great, but I don't feel this connection with the Lord like you're talking about, Robert. I mean, all I see is the world around me and the world's in absolute chaos. Can I just tell you, we've never needed Jesus like we need him now. Jesus came to the earth. He demonstrated the love of God. He's a real person. And then Jesus went to the cross and he paid for your sins. You see, your sins separated you from God. The Bible says all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. But Jesus, he actually took our sins in his body on the cross. It says he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we could die to sin. Jesus died on the cross to forgive your sins. He rose from the dead, defeating the power of sin and death. And today, if you would ask him to come in and be your Lord and Savior, you can know that your sins are forgiven. And even if you die, you'll spend eternity with him. That's the best news we can ever have. If you need that, I want to finish this service by encouraging you to pray with me. And as you pray, you can just send us a little chat that you prayed and we'll follow up with you. But if you need to give your life to Jesus, let's just pray right now. Jesus, I need you. I recognize I'm a sinner. I repent of my sin and I, I turn from it. I ask that you come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. I make you my Lord and Savior. And thank you that I can know that when I die, I'll spend eternity with you. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. Friends, if you prayed that today with all your heart, you can know that Jesus has entered in your heart. You're what the Bible says is you're born again. You're born of the Spirit. Jesus is with you forever. Please contact us. You can contact us on the website. You can just share right now your name and just say, I just prayed and gave my life to Jesus and we'll get with you. Church family, we love you. Thank you for joining us. We're standing with you in this time, and we'll see you soon. God bless you.